Hello, and welcome to We Read Allegedly. Oh, I just remembered that I'm supposed to be leading this episode. Yay! So we are going to do our thing. We're going to be talking about books and all that jazz. So we have Squid and John, who are both doing jazz hands. I was singing Chicago and all that jazz. I haven't seen that. Although I do believe that that song has come up in well, my... Drop my, my book uh, and I can't reach it now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think to grab my book for this. So so we're going to be talking about The Giver. But before we talk about that... John, what have you been reading? <sighs> Well, because I hate myself so much, I've been reading uh, Lovecraft Country by Matt Ruff. And it's rough. I love this book. I like this is my second read through on it. I love Uh this book, but it makes me hate myself. And it makes me think that other people hate me. If I may ask, what's that? Why does it elicit feelings of self loathing? Um,. The story takes place in 1950s, 1960s America, and it's from the perspective of a black family, and the, there's a lot of terrible things that white people do to them, and so, like, the, and then, like, a common theme that runs throughout the whole book is that like these people have some severe dislike for most white people in general, which engenders this idea in me that black people secretly dislike me regardless of what they might say to me. So it's unhealthy. And yet you're reading it again. I don't know why that should make you that shouldn't make well, you hate yourself. I, I, it, it's it, being as it uses Lovecraftian materials. It, uh, it's well, very, it's very suggestible to me. Lovecraft so, had some interesting views when it came to those. Oh, sorts absolutely, of things. and that actually so. that actually gets addressed in the book as well. But at any rate, I'm going through it, and I'm going to do a special episode of We Read with. Uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Carlos. Um, and we're going to have some conversations where he can tell me I'm dumb. So for those who don't know this, Carlos, uh, is, is a friend of geek devotions, a friend of the podcast, a friend of Dallas and I's, but he is an African American male who grew up in the South. So I'm sure he has some interesting perspectives. I'm sure none of them are. You're stupid. No, they're Maybe. not. Dep- no, I mean, no, no, it depends. No. Like if we I, talk I, about I, math. When I, when I say when I, I say <laughs> I'm stupid, I'm more referring to like he's probably gonna say like, "No, man, you're being dumb for thinking uh, that." You know, not like, "Hey, you're stupid because you're white." <laughs> if he just if he just shows up on the podcast and says that, I'm not gonna lie to you. We ain't gonna post the podcast. So <laughs> that's yeah, no. That, uh, so if you're hearing this, <laughs> and the podcast doesn't come out. It turns out uh, is this right. is this also the one that they made a show of? 
Yes. They did. I don't recommend it because they put in a lot of sexy time scenes in the show that are not in the book. As they do. It's Isn't it HBO? Yes. yes. Yeah, that makes sense. It's very well done, even with the the scenes. Um, I skipped the scenes. But a content warning if you do plan to watch it. Then it, There's a content warning anyway, just because it's so gooey. Mm. There, there's some gnarly stuff that happens in the book, to be sure. Mm-hmm. It's, gnarly, yeah. I can handle. I mean, I can but handle the, pretty much any of the things, as long as it's not The other bugs. reason why I'm reading that book again, <laughs> though, is because they just put out a sequel to it called Destroyer of Worlds. And so I need to have more white guilt and read that book. So, Well, I don't support feelings of guilt that are misplaced, but that's anyway. Okay. We can we can discuss that on our other therapy podcast. Yes. <laughs> we have another one? Uh, not yet. But we will. Just not on tuned. the Geek Devotions logo. Because no more podcasts. Yeah, um, no more. <laughs> Squid, what have you been reading? <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, I have just started reading today, actually. The Day the World Came to Town, 9-11 in Gander, Newfoundland. Uh, which is a book that came out at a time in a year <laughs> after 9-11 occurred. So <laughs> sometime after that, mm-hmm. um, it was published in 2002, so it was shortly after, but it is a nonfiction story about this tiny, tiny little town in Newfoundland, Canada, which is like far north, far in the, the just the cold cold north of canada uh that has an airport that was apparently really well known even before 9-11 because it was Mm. a wartime like built for military stuff as a like military outpost okay um but gander is known just as being like the biggest gas station in the world quote unquote because it is where all planes that are like flying internationally tend to stop and refuel Hmm. because it's just like a convenient spot but so the story is about when 9-11 happened and all of America's airspace closed for the first time ever. <laughs> and all these planes that were in the air had to be rerouted. I'm going to say it's like 39 of them were rerouted to Gander, which hmm. had a population of just about 10,000 people. So they added about just shy of 7,000 people to their population from those planes. And it's just a story about all the people that kind of came together and took care of these random strangers that they did not know. And also there was a lot of concern, like, are there terrorists on these planes? Do we know what's in them? Like, we have no idea. These are just planes from everywhere landing in our town. You know, I, I know it's not what the book's about, but I'd be willing to bet that during that time period, the economy and that the local economy in that town probably boomed. Well, so Gander also just supplied everything. Like they had everyone in town just showed up and said, here's meals. Here's a place to sleep. Come on down to the Walmart. Take what you need off the shelves. Here's as Canada does. Yeah. And you got, you got to love it when people do that though. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so this is also the reason I found this book. Someone had sent it to me recently and connected pieces. I don't know if any of you guys have seen come from away, Mm -mm. which Mm -mm. is a musical. Yeah. I believe it's on Apple plus or Apple TV. Who doesn't sponsor us, but if they want to. Oh, I have that for another 
Like two weeks. Uh, very good. I sobbed through the entire play. But it is a musical based on this story. So it gotcha. just like covers it. So I know most of the details, but reading the actual book that the play is based off of and the experiences is kind of what I'm interested in. And I look forward to crying even more. You do like to do that. I that do. confuses me so much. I don't know. I like I like stories of human nature, good and bad. So I cry for different reasons. Like I cry when I'm like, wow, people suck sometimes. And then I cry when I'm like, wow, those people were so nice. I, I understand <laughs> reading the books about human nature. I don't understand liking to cry. It's because I just repress it all other times of my life. So gotcha. This just gives me an outlet. Gotcha. <laughs> so on our therapy podcast, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about how that's not healthy. Well, Celeste, what have you been reading allegedly? I have allegedly been reading a ARC copy of a book that is coming out May 10th, I believe. Um, for those of you who don't know, ARC is an advanced reader copy. So I'm getting to read this before anybody else. And there will be Suckers. a review. You being all special. I know, right? And there will be a review on the Geek Devotions website. So by the time that you hear this, it will be there, God willing. So, but it's called Vanished. It's by Nicole McKean. And the description on Goodreads says this. The Dresden Files meets the Parasol Proctorate in the first book of this clever, fast-paced, gas-lamp fantasy series about a woman ahead of her time who knows too much about magic and not enough about self-control. And so it is fascinating it's got some really good world building um i like gas lamp fantasy and i don't think i realized it was a thing until recently so i want to put want to point out to everybody out there that gas lamp and gas light are not the same thing no (laughs) for those at home that don't know what gas lamp is celeste what is it gas lamp is like I'm not saying this is me, but. <laughs> so I actually found this book and got on the ARC readers because I found a TikTok where the author was explaining gas lamps. So I need to look that up really quick. And if she can't find it now, or if she can, we'll link it in the description below. Okay. So gas lamp fantasy, also known as gaslight fantasy or oh, gas it is the same thing. lamp romance i've yet to see any romance in this book and i'm happy about that but anyway is a subgenre of both fantasy and historical fiction uh generally speaking this particular realm of fantasy employs either victorian or edwardian settings uh, basically between the 19th century and the early 20th century um it's definitely it pulls on i'm a sucker for historical fiction in general and it pulls in some fantasy like one of the characters is a dwarf and i love her i want to be her friend even though i need to learn to dodge a lot because she legitimately throws a hammer at the main character oh she she deserved it (laughs) sometimes i think people deserve that as well but the law tends to disagree well you know when you're a dwarf it's completely legal if you shout hammer time first I mean, that's fair, too. You gave warning. So, but it's very intriguing. Um, it's, I'm probably about 30% of the way through. 
did that did that actually did you just say edwardian slash victorian fiction is that all it is yeah oh fantasy set within those within that it's it fits within the realm of like steampunk which also very much fits into that but it is very different than steampunk it's kind of cozier if that makes sense yeah honestly it it um i don't know if you heard heard it but the fiction podcast that i may still be involved with i don't know uh but gospel by gaslight that friend of the podcast branson boykin does Mm -hmm. i i think has a lot of gas lamp fantasy involvement he actually i sent him the tiktok that explained gas lamp and he goes oh that actually explains gospel by gaslight a lot better than one of the other things that he had been using as a descriptor Mm mm-hmm well, if we find that TikTok, we'll link it below. But we all know finding TikToks after you've seen them one time is next to impossible. So. Next to impossible. <laughs> they disappear into the find, ether. Go find uh, on TikTok. Her name is Nicole York. And I'm not sure why the difference between the book being published as Nicole McKean and the the t- her TikTok being Nicole York. But go check her out. She's fun. Maybe she got married. Possible. Or divorced possible could go either way really who knows maybe it's a pen name could be anyway that's not the book we were here to talk about though so let's uh get into that okay and so john since you didn't read the book (laughs) I Wait, first we have to give a little description. A little. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah. Read, let me give read the, me the back of this book, Ooh. Celeste. Beguile well, me with your reading skills. I don't have the back of the book because I have a really fancy copy that has like all four in the quartet in it and it's all hardbound. But Goodreads. <laughs> I'd like to submit, just as a side note, that I didn't realize until literally yesterday that there were more books in this series. I didn't realize there were more until maybe two or three years ago. And I saw it and I was like, quartet. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I had read one of the books, but I did not realize it was part of the series. So spoiler alert, there's more books out there. There's more books. For those Um, that maybe read The Giver when they were eight and they (laughs) didn't realize there were more. I was like 12 and which looking at when it was published, well, like when all of them were published, I don't think that all but The Giver and Gathering Blue were out. Hmm. when I read it. So anyway, Goodreads. At the age of 12, Jonas, a young boy in a seemingly utopian futuristic world, is singled out to receive special training from the giver, who alone holds the memories of true joys and pain of life. Well, that's a really brief snappy. Yeah, that's that's to the point. That's true. That's what this book's about. (laughs) Yep. It is a... uh, what I believe is called a middle grade novel. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not meant to be, it's deep and thought provoking, but it's not meant to be super yeah. heady. The, the conversation, which I realized that this was not the only book is because with my friends yesterday and we were talking about books and one of them had been reading brave new world mm-hmm. and he's describing it. And I have not read brave new world. It's one of the, utopian slash dystopian fictions that i haven't gotten to yet in my life (laughs) but he was describing it and i was like oh so it's kind of like 
the giver for adults. <laughs> they were all very confused by my connection, but they were like, yeah, I guess. And then continuing to talk about it, one of them was like, there's there's more books, you know, <laughs> like, the story continues. Yes, very much so. Huh? Which, which the other books, in my opinion, were not as good. That usually tends to be the case. Like, I liked Gathering Blue, but I also didn't think it was, it was, I thought it was in the same world, but not connected. If that makes sense. Yeah, I don't, based on how this book ends, I wasn't expecting more books. No. <laughs> I'll put it that way. And I, not at all. On the top of the show, this book's been out for a while. Since I think I'm like I think I'm like the only person in the world that hadn't read it yet. John hadn't read it. That's and fair. still hasn't. <laughs> it still hasn't. Again, but I read like the first chapter. So spoilers, I mean... spoilers are going to happen early because <laughs> if you haven't read it by now, sorry. Uh, I thought he died at the end of this book. <laughs> Apparently, he didn't. Um, well, just kind of. Uh, Kind of lends itself to being like, did he die? Yeah, Is it's he pretty ambiguous, this? but yeah, it doesn't leave you hopeful. I'll put it that way. No, you're like he might have lived, but he probably doesn't wanna. <laughs> so this is an uplifting story, but it ends with Christmas. Does it? Yeah, it does. Or the illusion of Christmas. The idea of Christmas oh, might be yeah. there. Oh, I get, yeah, he had got the memory about Christmas and then sees colored lights. But that is that is a loose connection, if I say so myself. <laughs> I had, at 12 and 13, intense arguments as to why he actually survived because he saw the lights, but he had already lost the memories. <laughs> I remember yeah. this distinctly. All right. All right. I understand. Okay. I'm keeping up. Yeah. 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 Cause mm. he was so far away that he didn't have the memories anymore. Yeah. I don't think he lived, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to read the next books to find out, but. <laughs> eh. So. But yeah. John. Well, Why'd you let's stop like, reading it? <laughs> I was about to say, let's go ahead and address the uh, elephant in the room for that one. Um, okay. So I started into this book with every intention of listening to it in a single day. And by the time I got to the end of chapter one, I noped out. But I will say that this book made me learn something about myself that books about totalitarianism as well as cults from the perspective of being on the inside of the cult, I don't like it. I don't to like be it at all. Fair. It's technically not a cult. Well, technically. This one definitely doesn't read as much of a cult as some books that are very totalitarianism. I, I, or I, as I, some I, books that we've read. Yeah. Station 11, <laughs> cult. Uh, cult. Cult. Multiple cults. A couple different cults you probably run into. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, well, like with with me though, it's just because I have a background in a very author authoritarian. I have a very authoritarian stylized church background, uh, where some spiritual abuse happened, and I just started diving into the you can't feel this way and you can't think this, and I'm just like, 
Oh, flashbacks. Don't like this. Nope, nope, nope. If like, it helps. Literally. This book is about how that's wrong to say. Maybe, and in effect is the fundamental point of the book, I would say. I, I, I get that, but I, I couldn't make it that far. It's just like it, my skin was crawling by the end of chapter one. And it was at that point where I messaged you guys. And I'm like, I, I can't do this. Don't read Brave New World then. <laughs> I had no intention on doing it. Yeah. Because that one's worse. Ooh. That one I feel like is more culty. For those who haven't also read Brave New World, that recent piece of media, uh, <laughs> everyone is just basically drugged into not feeling or caring about anything. And one guy who stops being drugged to feel this is like, well, I'm going to tell people the truth. And everyone in command is like, okay, do it. They're not going to care. Go ahead. Was this the basis for Gattaca? No, because Gattaca is much more like we're going to manufacture supreme beings as opposed to... Oh, maybe not Gattaca. There's another one that I always mix up with Gattaca. Hang on. I was like, Gattaca is a great movie, and I think everyone should watch it, but much different. It strikes me as a foundational element for the video game We Happy Few. (laughs) I don't know that Equilibrium. Oh, okay. I have not seen Equilibrium in a very long time, so I cannot speak to it i confuse gattaca and equilibrium because i watched them close together and i also confuse the actors ethan hawk and christian bale christian bale to me in those movies look similar excuse me (laughs) (laughs) the absolute the look of absolute confusion and disgust on squid's face when that got i also just i (laughs) Well, that's been the podcast for today, guys. (laughs) That was my favorite squid reaction ever. I love Ethan Hawke. Okay, so like that, that ain't gonna fly here. So let's, I can't help it that my brain goes, yeah, they're the same. Anyway. (laughs) But I think, I yeah, like this book and Brave New World do very much speak to that idea of like, you must feel and or act in this way. Yes. Bar none. There is no exception. Exception and anomalies are to be taken care of swiftly and decisively. I don't like it. Which, yeah, you shouldn't. The point of most of the books is you should not like this. This is bad. (laughs) This is a bad thing. Which, you know, if you already know that, you gotta read it, I guess. All's good. (laughs) If you are reading the book and you think it's a good thing, read it again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and so, and I also had mentioned something in the um, last podcast that they had mentioned a thing where it was like, should we tell the children? And this is a great example of what happens when you forget your history. Mm -hmm. You forget where you come from. Like, these people decided, they made the conscious decision, maybe not these people, but their ancestors made the conscious decision to go, we don't want to remember. We want to be robots and have no feelings other than just pleasant. Acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. For those that have not read this book in a while or haven't read this book, essentially they all take their happy little pills every morning and they are genetically modified essentially to not be able to perceive 
differences of any kind. So everything yes. is basically gray. There is no like change in tones. Everything is like the same tone. Everything is in its nice little box. Everyone has one boy and one girl. They are assigned their children. They're assigned their partners. They're assigned their jobs and they all go do their things. They talk about their feelings every night, which is just to say, they say, here's what I did. Yeah. Let us all forgive each other for feeling even, things. <laughs> go even to that had some 1984 vibes. Yeah. Yes. Of like, let's talk about our feelings so that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. So we know if you're doing something you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. We can take care of it. Yes. It's like if you take Brave New World of manufacturing people to act in a certain way and then 1984 of enforcing it with solid government control. And yeah. then you combine it with uh, Soylent Green with food production. There's no know, people eating. They do other things with people in this book, but they don't eat them. That we know of. That we know of. Did I it go over your head with the Soylent Green comment, Celeste? No, I understood. Okay. I get Soylent, that one. Soylent Green is my kind of people. Mm. <laughs> no, that falls into the, the line of that's icky. And that so I icky. just kind of ignore it. <laughs> Um, this book is also icky, not in a way that made me want to stop reading because I did think it was a very well done book. Oh, it yeah. is the kind of book that I would definitely be like, 12 is a good age to read this. Yeah. Yes, you should read this, children. Here you go. Let's sit down and talk about it afterwards. Let's talk about our feelings. Let's have a little debrief. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about how, uh, how this makes us feel. They were how definitely it's right and how it's yeah, wrong. For real. There are definitely points where you can tell that it is a middle age book. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, I wish you would have dug in a little more there. I wish you would have talked about that a little better, but it definitely opens the door to conversations that I think are very good and necessary to have. And good reminders that it's okay to have differences, <laughs> to recognize those and embrace those, and also not always be the same thing all the time, always, no matter what. <laughs> And, like, it's okay to be angry. Yeah. Like, that's a... And th that is... When I first read this, that was the thing that stood out to me, is that it was okay to be angry. It was okay to be sad. But they didn't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Because there are responsibilities that come with those emotions. So Yeah. Yeah. It, it what that's one of the areas too where I'm like oh, I wish this wasn't a middle grades book. Mm -hmm. Just I'm like some of these points are so good, but they're just so surface level. Yeah, because it's like it's made to be more digestible. But you know, boiling people down to the one thing that they might be predisposed to doing well. Okay, well let's let's talk about that more. Let's dig into that more than just all right. Here's your job. You Sorry, do this because you're good at it. You said boil it down, and I went back to soil it green. <laughs> <laughs> well. You're welcome. Oh, at least that I, movie wasn't as gooey as it could have been. Yeah. Mm. The, you know what was really icky in this book? When you learn about the dad more, it made me feel icky. Oh, yeah. Tell me about this. I want to know what makes you think icky. Well, so his so in the book, the main family union, 
they probably have a last name. I don't remember what it is. No, they don't. Okay, great. They There's don't no have last names. Yeah, because that's diff- that differentiates people. It differentiates. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're all you're all given names too. So you're like mm-hmm. assigned from a list of names that are okay. Um, so Sweet. the main character's father works with the children. And he's like, he just loves kids and loves taking care of them and he works with the newborns. The newborns, yes. Like newborn babies nurtures them because it's until they're two. Mm-mm, it's until they're one. Till they're one. Then they're assigned to a family. So until they're one, they're taken care of by anyone in the community that is assigned to work with babies. And his dad, you know, just this whole, like, the whole book, dad is just painted as this, like, nurturing soul. He loves the babies. Oh, we're not supposed to call the baby by its name, but I'm gonna while we're at home just because it's okay. They, to, you're, you're missing one thing. They had a child who was not doing as well. And so they brought, he brought him into the house to try and give him some extra attention yeah. because he had been given a year of grace. Yes. So they're nurturing this baby along and you're just like, the dad's a pretty good guy. I don't know anything about this mom. She's living her best life, I guess. I don't know. They really uh, didn't you, delve into her. No, not in, not in the slightest. Uh, and then you find out that any babies that don't thrive or don't do well are released, I think is what they call it for yeah. the babies as well. Um, released and is the term. They release babies. They release people that like do major grievances against the community. And then all the elderly folks are also released eventually when they've concluded their life, I guess. <laughs> they have a nice I feel like they're... There was probably a specific age where they were like, yeah, yeah you're old enough. But it was never mentioned. mentioned. Yeah. They were just yeah. kind of like, mm, well, it's your time. And they have a lovely little send off. And you find out probably three fourths of the way into the book, maybe a little yeah. later than that, even that when someone's released, they're just killed. And you see a memory of the main character's father doing it to a newborn. Yeah, like, because oh, there were twins, and yeah. they can't allow twins because that would be confusing. Yep, can't have twins, so you have to pick the stronger twin, get rid of the other one. And just the way the dad does it, where he is painted in this like caring light, mm-hmm. of being like, okay, baby, this is what we need to do now. Okay, good night, go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, because he literally was, I've read this book a couple times, Um, he legitimately was like, okay. Now we're going to send you to uh, the other, because that was what he had told the kids, is that one stayed here, one for elsewhere. Elsewhere is what they called it. Yeah, It's like, time for elsewhere. And he's like cleaning them up and giving and finds a vein in his head, because that's where you do things with babies, because the veins in their arms are too little. Mm-hmm. And he euthanizes the baby. And then he goes, bye-bye, and Throws it down, shoot. Yep. We love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad I didn't finish this book. It was it definitely was, rough. <laughs> it was a rough scene. That scene always, like, the book brings about some really good points, and I thoroughly enjoy her writing style. Lois Lowry writes things and brings about things for you to think on without it being difficult to digest, which is great for what she's doing. Yes. But um, that scene is always rough. Yeah. And it, uh, people, uh, Celeste, you probably like knew this was coming a mile away because you see things. <laughs> no, I at don't. 12, I did not. 
Yeah. The first I didn't time I read either. this, I'm like, I'm, I know something's up. Something's happening. But the, she does a very good job of just obfuscating all the way into the point where it's like, yeah. and the baby's dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Woof. In the, the, in the movie, that's actually part of my biggest gripe with the movie. Um, pretty sure the movie has Ethan Hawke in it. They don't kill babies? No, no, no. They do, but they, it's almost like they remove the emotion from that scene. Mm. Cause like, I feel after, like that's so important. <laughs> every, well, it's the, it's the point where he goes from, okay, this is my role in life to this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's a very impactful moment. So you take some of the emotion away from that and then you're like, but why do I care anymore? Because it's also that moment that he learns that Rosemary uh, was the receiver of memories before he was. Yeah. And after receiving memories that were like super painful and horrible, she decided she couldn't do it anymore. And she went and released herself like she opted to be killed. She Which was like, her. I would like to apply for release. And they're like, okay. Which was interesting because it then caused the memories to go into the community and they had to deal with them, which you kind of are hinted at in the fact that the kids in the early chapters were playing at war. Mm-hmm. Like, how did they know what war was? Well, yeah. the memories were released. Because I, I think he specifically mentions that it was war that she had like mm-hmm. seen memories of, and then was like, "That's too much. I can't take yeah. that." Which nothing fair, yeah. If fair. you've not experienced any hardship, and then the first one you see is war, yeah, that's pretty rough. So I don't know. But it was pretty good. I liked yeah. it. I liked the book. I would read it again. I would make my children read it. Yes, it's good for discussion. Yes made you uncomfortable in the ways it should (laughs) made you uncomfortable with things that are legitimately bad yes please don't be comfortable babies yeah please be uncomfortable with that please (laughs) thanks okay thanks please be uncomfortable with killing period um in general like we're not we're not discriminatory we do not think it's (laughs) nah okay well, I think we might be done talking about this. Spiritual takeaways? It's this, the only thing that I got from it was the same one from last time where it's, you know, you talk about your history so you don't repeat your history. Learn from your elders. Learn from other people's mistakes. I did have one page. It was just a quote, actually, because I really liked this quote. Um. Uh, this is after Jonas has left the community. Mm-hmm. Um, it said, if he had stayed in the community, he would not be. It was as simple as that. B was starving in this instance. Once he had yearned for choice. Then when he had a choice, he had made the wrong one, the choice to leave. And now he was starving. But if he had stayed, his thoughts continued. If he had stayed, he would have starved in other ways. He would have lived a life hungry for feelings, for color, for love. And Gabriel, for Gabriel, there would have been no life at all. So there had really not been a choice. And I thought that was a really good quote. I really liked yeah. that one. Well, and that Experience. also talk about the fact that we are meant to experience love. We're meant to 
experience with you. Tune in next month. A quote I've saved from the next book is much like this one. (laughs) It's almost (laughs) as if I pick up on the same themes no matter what I'm reading. (laughs) I mean... It was literally while I was thinking about the spiritual takeaway for this book that I was like, I'm pretty sure almost all of my spiritual takeaways are like, stop being so worried about the future and actually live in your moment. Thanks. (laughs) Pay attention to right now. It's very good. (laughs) It's better to pay attention to now so you don't hit something. Like when you're driving a car. Yeah. Or walking. Pay attention. Please, when you're driving, pay attention. Or, you know, walking. That's my spiritual takeaway. (laughs) Apologize to all the walls in my house because I've run into them. Me too. Not your house, but my house. I think you actually ran into a wall in my house too. (laughs) I probably did, but I didn't run into all of them. No. No. Yet. I'll come back and do it again. Just run into all the walls. (laughs) So they all feel like you really feel. Yeah, exactly. I must experience these feelings. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) On that note, we're going to go ahead and end. This one always ends so awkwardly because I don't know what to say. But it's been fun. Don't join a totalitarian government. Don't start a totalitarian government. Stay out of cults. And don't kill babies. And don't (laughs) kill babies. We might need to put a warning on this one. (laughs) I can't stop the recording, Celeste. Oh, dang it. Thanks for all the fish. We Read Allegedly is part of the Devoted Geeks Network, devoted to letting you know that you're loved. Thanks for joining us this month as we read The Giver. Join us next time and every first Friday of the month as we review a new book. Next month, we'll be reading Shadow of the Gods by John Gwen. As always, you can join us on our Goodreads to discuss the book that we'll be reading next month or visit us on Instagram. We look forward to seeing you then. Hey. Hey, it's Squid. Um, we didn't have anything to cut out of this episode, so there's there's no funny clip at the end. S- sorry. That that's it. This is the end. Oh. All right. Well, uh bye.